Welcome to another edition of Really Healthy. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm Melanie Douglas. Got a great show for you today. We're, we're so happy you're with us. We're going to talk about uh, long-term Goal goals and and also some really cool fads. Are they worth it or are they not? The J-Lo, no sugar challenge. Yes. Yeah. And a, a few things about juice. Also, I have my journal from The Biggest Loser. And how is journaling and how is uh, writing things down beneficial or is it at all? And of course, we have ultra processed foods. What is it? Are they really that bad? Uh, it sounds like they actually yeah. are. And a couple of questions from our viewers. Anyways, let's get right to it. Uh, before that, though, we want to thank our sponsor, Alpine Plastic Surgery. They're awesome. We, we love our partnership with them. All right. So uh, goal setting. Goal setting. Yeah. So first of all, have you heard of SMART goals, right? If you're going to set a goal, I always have set dumb a smart goals, goal. Okay. I know. Yeah. Well, there's it's really funny because there are actually stupid goals and smart goals. So are your goals smart or are they stupid? <laughs> so the point is, is I actually we, know the difference, but go ahead. Yeah, okay. So we want to set long-term goals, right? We all right. know that, but what, why don't we do it? We kind of get stuck in these short-term fixes and so how do you really set long-term smart goals? Here, I'll 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 recap what smart and stupid goals okay. are, right? So, stupid goals are and see if this resonates with anything that you've done in your life. I can say it does for me. But stupid goals stands for silly. Do you ever set a silly goal like is this really important? Time-free, unrealistic, passive, ill-researched and dependent on others. Ooh. So if you kind of think about goals that you've set and you failed, that's actually kind of spot on, right? But that describes the way some of those goals are. I mean, I know specifically when it comes to your health, a lot of times people will say, I need to get healthy. I'm going to start tomorrow. Okay. When does it end? How long does this last? What specifically are you going to do? You just want to get healthy, but how are you going to do that? Anyway, so then there's SMART goals, right? And right. SMART, and then more pe people are pretty familiar with this, but SMART stands for specific so that's kind of what I was just saying. What's your specific goal? Is it measurable? Um, is it achievable? Is it, is it realistic? And what's the time? Is it bound to time? So that, those are your smart and stupid goals. So nobody sets stupid goals. That's the point. <laughs> and I, I, can, I can tell you from personal experience, it's powerful. And I, I actually know what happens in your subconscious uh -huh. when you set a smart goal. Because there's something that physiologically actually happens to us when we set goals and that actually triggers us to make sure it happens. Right. Either whether you do it right or wrong. Because on the one side, you always see it as a dream and never re a reality. And on the other side, you create this stress inside that says, I've got to get this done because of the, the time crunch and the believability of what you're doing. Right. All right. So uh, J-Lo, of course, was in the news. And this was a huge... Um, popular thing, social media across the board. But for 10 days, she had this challenge where she had no carbs and no sugar. Right. And it was all the buzz. Right. And Still so, is. so these are kind of these short-term fixes that we're talking about and how long-term solutions are much more better or, or much better for us. But is, is there any value in some of this with these kind of short-term facts or, or, or um, these challenges? Or, or, so what's the good and what's the bad? Okay, so I think the value is that it's good in the fact that it helps you realize you can go without sugar and you can do it. And when you go a few days without sugar, you realize that you don't need it and you feel better for it. So whatever, I, it, it's like our daily challenges or weekly challenges where give it a shot, try it, and you might realize that you can do this, you can do it. 
But the downside of it is that if you're on a diet or program or challenge or anything and you say, as soon as this is done, I'm going to go eat that cookie or I can't wait until Friday when this 10 day challenge is done and then I'm going to what? That is a good sign that you're going to rebound and you're going to go, you might, you're going to end up probably where you started, maybe worse off. And that's the kind of roller coaster behavior that really over the long term. That's where I, I fall down. Yeah. It really is because I'll, I'll go, okay, I want to get to this weight. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, and then what? It's like you get there and then you, there's, there's no aftermath. There's no plan. There's no. And so I like this long-term idea. I love the idea of of kind of some of these short-term challenges and, and to prove you to yourself. But there, for me, I, I need that long-term plan in place to have that lasting right. long-time health. All right, here's another one. So this is the te- juice challenges and cleansing. Juice and, cleanses, right. Uh, These have, have you been ever around. done that before? I've never, I've never juice cleansed. I've totally done it before, but I like to test things. So I've okay. tested lots of diets that I'm not proud about. I'm not proud of this, but um, I do it for research because I want to know what's going on. How yeah. does it really make you feel? Anyway, um, a juice cleanse was one of the worst things I've ever done. Is it really? <laughs> I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I had enough protein or I wasn't satiated ever. I was hungry the whole time. I feel like a lot of juices have more sugar, you know. I mean, even if it's vegetable juice, that's one thing. But a lot of times when we juice, we're adding a bunch of fruit to it and we're trying to make it taste good. So you end up getting more sugar. But um, the juice cleanses, I'm not a fan of. I think there are way better ways to get your metabolism in check. And we talked about the celery kind of. Yeah. And and I've actually had some feedback from that. I know. <laughs> I get attacked. People... It's like, do you have any idea what this has done for me kind of stuff? And so very, very interesting. But it, it's always good to get more vegetables. So if you're going right. to drink celery juice, that's awesome. You're drinking a bunch of vegetables. Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right. So how do we make long-term goals? Okay. Let's walk through that process. You know, I think the most important thing you can do is tie your goal to an action. And I know that sounds really simple, but we do it all the time, right? We say, I'm going to quit eating um, sugar. Great. What is the action? What, I mean, not, don't just say I'm going to quit eating sugar. What is the action at breakfast tomorrow? Or I'm not eating these foods. Get specific, tie it to an action. Or I need to start working out. Great. The goal is I'm going to j- the gym in the morning. That's the Because isn't that what everyone says? They go, oh, I need to, I need I need to, to exercise. Out. I need to work out. Right. I'm going to start tomorrow kind of thing. And so it's an action where it's specifically saying this is when I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do this. Right. And, you know, kind of going back to the J-Lo thing, one way to make that successful, instead of saying I'm going to go 10 days with no sugar, which is about restriction and cutting back and deprivation, say I'm going to have sugar every 10 days. Set a goal that's like, oh, Instead of taking something away, I get to have this, and this is how often I'll have it. And then that's more that that's more of an uplifting goal, right? It's doable. You look forward to it instead of depriving yourself. Okay. So I, I, is there anything else you want to add to the goal setting? Because I am a firm believer in goals, and, I, and they work, and they're powerful. Uh, you, always, always be setting goals. Your goals are always changing. Like, the, it's always good to be working on a goal and... And in various aspects of life. It doesn't just have to be about health and fitness. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to be very proactive in what we do. And we're proactively going to take a break right now, specifically for a short period of time. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about journals. And this journal right here specifically was the journal that I kept when I was on The Biggest Loser. And we're going to talk about the value of that and kind of 
why it was such a good thing and will continue to be in the future. So stick around. You're listening to Really Healthy. Welcome back to Really Healthy. Scott Mitchell, Melanie Douglas. Of course, it's that time to talk about me and how I'm doing, which we all love. Yeah, I it's, love it. Actually, I do too. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, this whole thing is, is, is something very personal to me, very uh, challenging. It's very difficult, but it's something I'm very committed to. And we talked over the br- during the break about this whole idea of goal setting. And when, when it's, like it's is it real is it a real goal is it a tangible goal can you see it actually happening Mm -hmm. because i know when i've had my struggles i just i'm like i am never going to lose weight and i know a lot of people that are in that situation feel that way they don't see that it's realistic to actually lose the weight and as i as i've been going through this process i'm starting to notice those signs of Oh yeah, I remember how that feels. You know, uh-huh. feeling like you're not so overweight, or the way you move, or the way clothes fit on you, and and you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because when I was on The Biggest Loser, I lost 126 pounds in four months. It was insane, and people basically said, "You're it's going to be so hard to keep that weight off because you've really readjusted your metabolism." Right. And so when it started coming back, it was certainly very demoralizing to me. And, and so this, this journey is about slow, steady, get it off, keep it off, and it's not this quick fix to things. And, and because of that, there are times when you're, you go, oh, I would like it to go a little faster. Right. And I know ways to make it go a, a whole lot faster. Yeah. yeah. I've lost 15 pounds in a day before, so I know how to do that and i'm and i'm not interested in what it actually takes to do that right because it's brutally unhealthy and all, all of those things so i love i love the idea of being able to see it and, and i'm just saying this to all the people that are out there that these goals really work and the tangible part to to see that you can do this and believe that you can do this and it's not some far-fetched thing that can well, never what happen. What made it tangible, though, for you? Because you said, you know, just losing the weight didn't seem realistic. So what made what made losing weight tangible for you? Um, well, so taking it one day at a time. Well, it was it was it was knowing that if I went about this process the right way, it would happen. So it was right. in my mind, it was believing that um, if I did these things, there's there's a result at the end of it. And as you do the things, you start to see. It's not like every day I wake up and I go, I wish my belly was gone today. Like I have that thought every day. It's like, oh, (laughs) I just died and not have this here right now. And you want it gone in a minute. And that's just not realistic. But to know that, okay, if if I follow the plan, if I implement these principles of health and doing it right, then I start to see results. And, uh, and, and just recognizing those small little things in my mind, just as that reminder, okay, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. It's tangible. It, you can see that it's happening. Right. And it, and, and it helps you to stay on, on track. Right. 
Because for me, I want it to happen in an instant. You know, the quick fix, the pill, to just let it get it out of the way quickly. And that's just not how it works long term. And you have a long term goal, which is also why I think you're doing really well. Because you you started out saying this is a long term thing. It's not a short term thing. And even though we're shaking it up and you're trying each different things each week or each month, your overall goal is a long term goal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I I, I brought this journal because I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about it, I kept it while I was on The Biggest Loser. And and I just did it on my own. Right. It was just I just I want to I want to collect my thoughts, uh, things that that happened to me. And so every day I wrote in this journal while, while I was on. So you can you can kind of see a bunch of white pages there. But really, there's actually there's there's writing. You have really nice handwriting, by the way. Why do you th- see? I think it's terrible. <laughs> uh, it's kind of. Well, thank you. Handwriting is a lost art. Yes. And so <laughs> as I and and for some reason, I just wanted to share it this week, uh, partly because. I don't do it now. Yeah. And it was it was so um, cathartic, like it slowed me down a little bit. It yeah. helped me to kind of not get lost in the moment because sometimes I get so busy that I just I'll eat things and I'll go, why did I just do that? And so you you become more self aware of where you are, what you're doing. Uh, there's some really cool insights that I wrote down that that and experiences that I had that were very personal. Yeah. Uh, it's also a, a sense of keeping me on track and and this whole idea about these goals and and just and just staying um, um, where you were you, you still maintained your focus with everything right uh, it was very helpful I actually wrote in it uh, everything I ate so here's here I mean ever down to every day you cup, tracked every, it every day every single day which I, I should maybe write it into a book or something because it, it's it's fascinating uh-huh but as I as I went through this, I was like, I want to. Why am I not doing this now? I don't know. I you're making me question why I'm not doing it. So it and, I and numerous studies show that keeping a journal is helpful in losing weight. Yeah, and and I it, it was a powerful tool to me, and I tra- I cherish this. By the way, this is I, I really do. There's some really cool things in here, and maybe maybe sometime I can share some of them with you. But um, so my commitment since we're on commitments here is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to start journaling the, our experience, what we're actually going through here. Right. And and it'll be fun to look back on down the road. Yeah, because you can't remember everything, like you, all the you, good you things. I, in my life, there have been so many times where I've had an aha or something. And I think I will never forget this. And then I do. It's sad. <laughs> um, the other thing that this helps me with is accountability. Yeah. And there, and and I, there, there's a powerful part, and and goals are accountability. You're you're accountable to um, reach that destination, to reach that commitment, and this this is such a powerful tool for me to be able to to keep me honest, to keep me on track. They're they're my my thoughts in the moment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just thoughts. Uh, they're they're kind of funny. Sometimes they're they're kind of crazy. So so that's that's actually my commitment uh, moving forward. And, and it'll be a fun thing that maybe we can share with yeah, other people. Yeah, I want to hear more about it. On the show. Yeah. So it'll be a good thing. Okay, uh, we're going to take another break. Uh, but we do have a question, something about whole wheat and multi-grain. multi-grain. versus whole wheat yes. versus enriched wheat, which is best. We've got a fun uh, food challenge for you as well. And then we're going to talk about ultra-processed food. It's not good news. 
Yeah, <laughs> shoot. Okay, you're uh, listening to Really Healthy, and you're watching it as well, and we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Really Healthy, Scott Mitchell, Melanie Douglas. We've been talking about goals, accountability, long-term journaling, a lot of good stuff. I love this stuff, and it's powerful. It it is so powerful. I can't can't emphasize it enough. I know. I'm motivated. I could show you some of the goals that I've written out, Uh and you you would go, wow. And, And I've seen them actually happen, and they're from a young age, very powerful stuff. And I'm sorry, I know we can't quit talking about goals, but one other thing, if you write your goal out, you usually will see the flaws. Like you'll see there's no action or there's no time. Ah. Like just writing your goal down, you'll see, wait, I need more info here. Okay, so you feel motivated to journal. I feel motivated to journal, yeah. Uh, Does that mean you're going to? I I can't commit right now. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. You'll do it? Yeah. I'm always giving you challenges. You can can give me one. There you go. I'm going to work on a journal. Drop and give me 50. Okay. 50 words in your, in your Right deal. after the show. I'm on it. <laughs> okay, so we have a, a listener's question here. Pretty straightforward. Is multi or whole wheat better? Okay, it doesn't matter. They're both, those are equal uh, level playing fields. Multigrain or whole wheat, what you want to look for in your, in your bread or your pasta is the word whole or um, look at the fiber. If it doesn't have fiber, it's not a whole grain. So it should have three to five grams of fiber per serving or it's not worth it. If it's a bread or a pasta, you want at least three to five grams per serving, or to me, it's like junk bread. So that's the important thing I look at. But a lot of labels will just say enriched wheat flour, and people go, oh, it's wheat flour. Well, that's that's white processed flour. Enriched? Yeah, enriched enriched wheat flour. Is enriched a bad word? Well, yeah, enriched wheat flour is basically white flour comes from wheat. So it's just kind of oh. trickery with the words. Um, but what's missing with enriched flour, enri- enriched wheat flour, is the word whole. If it said whole wheat flour, then you would be on the right track. Then you're, you're good. But avoid all so, the tricks so and just mul- look for fiber. So multigrain yeah. is, is wheat, right? But yeah, it's also other it grains could be other as well, grains. right? It it's might a, be seeds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might be. It might come from oat or rye. So it just it can be a blend of grains, which are fine. Those are whole grains. So those are both good words. To do you for. have a grain you like better? Or? I I like to do sprouted whole wheat bread. Yes. Um, I just my kids like it. Everyone likes it. You know, a funny story. Because it has probiotics. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Your micro. Uh, your micro yeah. dome microbiome biome sorry microdome. close you were really close <laughs> i'm thinking of the minneapolis superdome <laughs> yeah i went through <laughs> a phase thing. where i bought a big huge bucket of hard red winter wheat and i was going to grind my own wheat and make my own bread because i just wanted the best bread ever and the funny thing is is i live on a farm and guess what we farm grain and my dad walked in the house and he goes, what is that? And I'm like, I bought some wheat because I'm going to grind my own wheat. And he was like, you realize you're surrounded by grain fields. <laughs> it was just funny. And you didn't, you didn't process I that. I didn't process your... my own grain in the backyard. It no, just, I went just... and bought someone else's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of grain do, do, do you uh, raise? Uh, we do. Raise or grow? Yeah. We do winter wheat. Winter wheat. And, and we also grow safflower. Is, is that yeah. good? Yeah. Is it? I mean, I don't so harvest you, it myself. <laughs> so have you have you have you used your own grains? 
No, no, no. Okay. I have now. Yes, you have now. I have okay. now. Right. Yeah, my dad. He, my dad hooked That's me up as soon funny. as he saw me buying it from someone else. He's like, he's like, no, you need to know that it's right over here in the green bin. Is it, is it different than from somewhere else? Like, is yeah. it, is there? Can you? Do you notice a difference in it, or is it just kind of a grain? When of you grain? grind your own wheat? Yeah, well, it's, oh. that came from your own field. Yeah, you know what? It's just the or comfort just of the knowing, same? like, it was raised in your backyard. You know where it came from. It hasn't been on a truck for six months yeah. or sat on a shelf for a week. It's fresh, and yeah. I think there's definitely something to that. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe you should. A little uh, side note. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having some of your. Grains. Oh, you want me to bring you some? Okay, yeah. I'll bring you some grain. Right. You can grind your own wheat. All right, cool. <laughs> Okay, um, moving on. So there was an article that, um, well, it was actually on KSL.com, but there there was some research done about the likelihood of earlier death and disease from eating ultra-processed foods. Ultra-processed foods. So that's the thing now, right? Ultra-processed foods are basically foods that have a package, they sit on a shelf for a long time, they have a long ingredient list. When we say you should be able to look at the ingredients and there's like five or less and you can pronounce it and you know what everything is, longer ingredients, packaging, all that stuff is ultra processed. And it's designed to preserve for the look. There's all different reasons why all of these extra preservatives are put into the... Right. is Is it absolutely necessary? This is the one thing I always ask myself. Is it really necessary... That we have, because it's like... So much packaging. Right. Doesn't everyone coloring. know this? And, and why are we... Even in like salmon. Did you know salmon has food coloring because it wouldn't be as pink? Really? Yes. If it's not, because when it sits on the shelf and goes through the truck and it gets frozen and by the time it's in your store, it's not pink. So some, I mean, some types of seafood, I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. They want it to look pink because you'll buy it and it looks good and there's an aesthetic there. Um yeah, so there's all kinds of ways our food supply is processed. But this study specifically basically correlated that the more you eat, for every 14% increase of ultra-processed foods that you eat, your chance of early death increases by 10%. It's yeah, almost it's, equal. It, it's staggering. The, it is. It's staggering. So so what's actually what's happening? I mean, how do we get away from this? I'm just sitting here, and, and as every, I read through this, I'm like, don't the people that do this know this? Uh, what, what's their motivation for doing this? Why, why is there a, is there a better way? And well, how do we stay away from it? I know the motivation. Changing. I know. I feel like that that consumers are demanding change. Like we don't want our food to be as processed. So I feel like it's changing, but it's slow. And you just don't even. I think you need to just kind of step back and be conscientious of how many things you're eating that are in a package or have food coloring. Or if you look at the label, there's salt or preservatives. Um, even like today, I wanted to eat two boiled eggs at Maverick because I was on the road. And I was right. like, it's in this package. How long has it been sitting here? It's good for three more weeks. Like, what did they do to this egg? To make it good for so long. Yeah. It's ultra processed. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting stuff. Keep it fresh. Keep it out of uh, plant. All produce. that good stuff. Eat yes. more produce. More produce. All right. We have... Our challenge is just a challenge. A challenge. Your, your a challenge for the week... Um, you're looking at a picture of an empty plate because our challenge to you is to try fasting because it has its place. Try fasting a breakfast or a dinner. If And you know what? I suggest you try fasting the time of day you eat the most. Like if you oh. go home at night after 6 and that's where everything falls apart, try fasting at night because you can do it. 
Um, we can go a few hours without food and you will survive. And I think it's a good lesson to realize we don't need as much food as we think. Good one. Yeah. All right. There you have it, folks. A lot of challenges, a lot of goals. We know you can do this. Thanks for joining in. Uh, you can catch us on the Really Healthy Show. Dot com. That's our website. And, of course, go to Facebook at Really Healthy Podcast, Instagram, Really Healthy as well. Like us, love us. We love you. Keep giving your ideas. And until we see you again, we hope you have a really healthy day. of this program are for informational purposes only. The program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this program. Bonneville International does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on the program. Reliance on any information provided on the program is solely at your own risk.